God is good. He is kind. He is merciful. He is worthy, isn't he? He is worthy. Worthy to be praised. I'll tell you what, uh, the enemy didn't want you to get well today, but God will not be stopped, will he? The enemy didn't want you redeemed, thought he could stop Jesus, so he said, I'll kill him. I once heard it said, and I think it's amazing, it said, the devil had a plan, but God had the pre-plan, right? God had the plan before the plan. The devil thinks he's working, even in this hour that we're in now, a plan to control you, ultimately to control the whole world. But we've got the pre-plan, don't we? It's called our Bible. And it's been prophesied since before time began that God wins in the end. I want, you know, I, I had said to us in 2019, I remember I said, this is the year where God's word through the whole year is God wins. Remember I had that on Sundays? Probably don't all remember. I see Casey nodding his head that some of you may. But I had us recite on Sunday, God wins. And let's just say that again. You ready? Because let's just, you know, we don't need to talk to the devil, but let's just let it be said out loud. You ready? God wins. Right? Doesn't matter what he does. And remember, for a couple of days, even the disciples had some doubt. For a couple of days, even his own disciples were pretty flustered, frustrated, and down. But on the third day, amen, amen. Jesus rose again. And in fact, Jesus said to Peter beforehand, I'm praying for you, Peter. I'm praying for you. Satan sought to sift you. He said, but when you get better, I'm putting it in 2021 language here, when you get your head cleared and you realize again who you are in me and who I am in you, I want you to encourage your brothers. Amen. I feel like the word from the Lord today is that the enemy has sought to sow doubt in our hearts. In fact, I've been thinking about this. You know, a seed takes time to grow. Who planted seeds in the springtime? Anybody plant anything in the spring or have planted something in your lifetime? Okay, it takes time to grow. Who's ever dug it up to see its progress? <laughs> Doesn't work like that, does it? You got to leave that thing alone. But you know, the enemy does that too. The enemy sows seeds and sometimes you wonder, where did this come from? Who's ever gotten to a place in your life in the Lord and you're like, God, I don't even know where this came from. And it was a tiny little seed. And you know, I really, I noticed that the enemy was trying at the beginning of 2020. Who noticed that the enemy was really trying to sow doubt into the believers in 2020? Right. COVID's, you know, going and, and then into 2021, kind of the same thing, right? We need to know something today, and I just want to encourage us that God is God. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He wins. He is, his throne is not moved. God's throne has not moved. But the enemy would love for you to get your eyes on the present circumstances. Imagine you were to judge God by the two days that Jesus was in the grave. We would come up with the wrong outcome, wouldn't we? 
Do you know, spiritually speaking, a day to the Lord is as a thousand years, and a, and a thousand years is, is to a day. We've talked about this before as a church, and if you're mature, you know this. How many years has it been since Christ was crucified? Anybody know? 2,000 years. If a day is to the Lord, a thousand years, then it's been two days. That means we are on the dawn. Remember, Jesus rose on the dawn of the third day. Spiritually speaking, we are on the verge of the third day, or we have entered. I think, I think the sun's already come up. Who thinks the sun's already rising? I can already see it on the horizon. In fact, as a hunter... You learn that there is actual legal sunrise, but then about 30 minutes before legal sunrise, you can actually see clear as day because it's coming over the curve of the earth. How cool is that? The sun's about to arise. And if you have your eyes open, you can already see it even though it hasn't come yet. Isn't that incredible? The word of the Lord today is to not judge this hour with your human eyes. Do not judge that God has lost control or the enemy's in control by what is going on in the earth right now. For 2,000 years, it has seemed like, even though there are partial victories, it's like Christians have a victory, then the devil has a victory. Then Christians have a victory, and then the devil has a victory. Nations rise up, and they want to serve God. They make God their king. They plant churches all over, and then those churches get torn down become art centers, become pizza places in Rhinebeck, or other things, which I'm not going to mention here today. Do not look at the loss in this particular battle as the outcome to the war, because God wins. Even George Washington thought, Remember the appeal to heaven? That's what this is right here. He thought, God, we're not doing so hot. And if you don't help us, we're going to lose. If you had judged, imagine judging what this nation was going to become. I'm not asking, don't look right now. Close your eyes to this present moment. Look at its beauty. Look at what this nation has done for the world. Look at all the missionaries it sent. Look at how even God used us in World War I and World War II to stop tyranny. Look at all the things that this nation has done throughout history. In George Washington, all he knew is that the Lord had called them to stand. He couldn't possibly imagine what God was going to do in the next 100 and 200 years. We have no idea what is going to come in this next hour, but I felt like after I had sat down with the Lord and refreshed myself this morning and then I went in to go get dressed, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me, what if it doesn't get better? What if it gets worse and it doesn't get better? What are you going to do? And it was an interesting thought, one I began to meditate on this morning because, you know, what I had just been penning down afresh this morning to, for, to add to the sermon was just some thoughts in my heart this morning was that the world right now is desperately trying. We're literally present tense having a climate um, meeting 
over in Europe, right? Who's aware of that? All right, they're trying to figure out the climate to save the earth. Meanwhile, they're trying to figure out how to save humanity. We're going to live forever, right? Part human, part robot, part machine. I mean, all that stuff's coming. About five years ago, you would have thought I was really crazy. Ten years ago, you could call me a psychopath. Now it doesn't sound so weird, does it? I mean, look at Doug. He's sitting there. He's got a fake hip. Welcome back, Doug. He said he's more hip than when he left. He came back a little more hip than he used to be. You know, that we can understand because it's, you know, physical, right? But it won't be long before it's computer chips. I mean, there's a guy in Sweden, I think it is, that he put a chip in his body. He doesn't even have to open the doors to his building. Owns a big building, just goes in, all the doors open. I mean, that's real life. That's right now. The world is desperate to grab a hold of this place. When I say the world, I mean the fallen world. I mean the devil's kingdom. There are those that are in God's kingdom, and there are those that are in the devil's kingdom in this world, right? We're fully aware of that as believers. Most of the world doesn't know that they're worshiping Satan. Remember, even the Sadducees and the Pharisees, when they were quarreling with Jesus and arguing with him, Jesus told them bluntly, your father's the devil. They didn't agree, did they? <laughs> Most of this world, I don't think, is sitting down and having seances today. I'm not even mentioning what today is. I'm not even going to give that day credit. Most of the world is not doing seances today. Some are. You know plenty that around your communities now that are definitely... That's, that is increasing, but most are just living in the grind and living in the evil, living in the blindness, and don't even know it. They think they're doing a good thing to save this planet. Who, who hates garbage on the side of the road? Anybody like me who hates seeing garbage? I don't like pollution. I don't like smog. I don't like garbage, but don't be confused that what they're trying to do today in the world is not to save it like that. They're trying to preserve a place for when you don't exist anymore. This planet is more important than even you. Don't call me crazy, because that's the real truth. You want to do your research. That's what they think of you. You are less important. The earth is more important. And the Bible actually prophesies that. The Bible says one day there will come a time where they will worship the creation over the creator. Right? I mentioned this. They... If you kill a turtle egg on the beach or an eagle, an eagle's like $250,000 fine in jail time. Turtle eggs, I think it's like, what, hundred grand? We were just talking about this recently. $100,000 to kill a turtle egg. But you can go. They just passed the law, and it was a great triumph. Oh, what a great triumph. Teenage girls do not need to ask permission of their parents to have an abortion now. What a great triumph for society. Your teenager that has to ask you to go out at night because they live in your home doesn't have to ask you to have an abortion, kill a baby. But you kill a turtle on the beach, and I love turtles, I love animals, don't get me wrong, but you kill an insect, you know, a turtle egg, let's be honest though at the same time. You know, statistically, most of them, who's ever watched Animal Planet? Come on, <laughs> you know where I'm going. It's like one out of like a thousand that actually makes it back to the ocean because there's all the predators that are coming to eat those eggs. But if I kill it, hundred grand. 
kill a baby, I get a pat on the back that I, and, and they're proud of me because I'm so brave. I was so brave to kill that child. I was so brave to sleep around. That was fun too. Didn't worry about the consequences, so I'll just go kill this child. Don't give me the rape garbage, whoever's listening out there on, on the podcast, because you know that's not what happened to 99.9% .9 of those abortions. Yes, maybe that's the 0.1%. We can have a debate about those. It's not the rest. That's garbage. That's a lie. That's where we're at. This world system to try to preserve is not to preserve you anymore. It's not you that God made. It's a new you. They're literally rearranging body parts, images, and even DNA to create their new creature without God. And to, and to secure an earth that this new creation can live in forever. What does that sound like? That sounds like the devil's plan since the book of Genesis. The Bible says in Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth. And then he creates the animals. He creates all these beautiful things for us. We didn't get here yet, but for us, we're about to get here to enjoy and to see. It wasn't finished yet. Then he made us in his own image and breathed his own spirit into us and said, have dominion. And dominion was not killing turtle eggs. It's not the dominion I'm talking about. I'm not saying the animal was less. They just lived amongst it. The Bible says the lion, right, just like it'll be, because we know what it was like, because it says it'll be like in Revelation, what Jesus talks about. The lion and the lamb will lay together. Dominion was that they just existed they knew who God was, God knew who they were, and they were one. Exactly like Jesus prays, John 14 through 17, talking about the same exact concept as I was just praying here before restored. Oneness with God. Meanwhile, the enemy has an agenda. Oneness of society. It sounds similar, doesn't it? Let's create a oneness. Let's come together. Don't come together as who you are, though. A oneness as whoever you want to be. This one world system. And that's where we are literally on the verge of. We need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. That our home is not on this planet. Wow. It's a fresh reminder. Who has forgotten it? Because it's easy to forget that your home is not on this planet. Anybody? Like, it's just not what we think about every day. We're all afraid to die. Nobody wants to die. And yet, this life is not our life. We are heaven-bound. I want you to say that out loud. I am heaven-bound. The older you get, the more grateful you get for that. The more you... I just have been hitting that point where when I wake up, my joints, everything's aching in the mornings. You know, from being physical, they told me it would come. I've been hearing my whole life, don't worry, it'll come. Don't use your hand as a hammer. One day you wish you didn't. I'm just hitting that point where when I wake up, it takes me a few minutes to get rolling. I'm still faster than the average guy my age, though. 
Not like those guys. Like They're just being lazy. No, but I'm feeling it. And I'm getting more and more grateful and thankful that the Lord has given us a new heaven and a new earth. How ironic to try to restore the earth. Devil's trying to, you know, it's always a copycat, isn't he? How ironic that we're going to live forever in a new body and on a new earth. How ironic that, he's, that this, the idea is let's create a new earth and a new identity. Doesn't that sound familiar to exactly what God's going to give us? In fact, even the whole concept of retirement. Now, I love that you've been studious and you've saved up. And I'm trying to do the same thing so that if we're still on this earth, you know, you're not still working at 85. I understand the concept. But don't, don't think, though, that it's not also Satan who has trapped this world into a system. Now, that, that's not us as believers. You're being wise. But there is a system that you've been taught, which is you work hard, you can enjoy your weekends. You work hard, you retire, and then you can enjoy your life. Now, doesn't that sound familiar to what God told us in his word? If you will lay down your life, you will gain it. If you will give up your life, you can have eternity. So the devil said, you give me, you labor for me here, and I'll give you peace on earth. My grandfather said, all you do on this earth is you live, you pay your taxes, you retire, and you die. And at 62, yeah, he retired and he died. He never experiences retirement. That's a facade. This earth is a matrix. Have you ever seen the movie The Matrix? I just felt like I needed to watch it again. You can judge me. I don't know if you think that's Christian or not. But I needed to watch it again because, you know what? It was a fake world they were living in. And everything was good there. When their eyes were open to the real world, it wasn't very nice. But it was real. And this Judas character, he says, plug me back in. I don't care that it's not real because my mind says this steak tastes good even though it's fake and I don't care because it tastes good and betrays everyone else. They're eating like this porridgey stuff, which was very healthy th for their bodies. It's what the body needed, but nobody wants that. The devil has trapped this system in this world in a facade. This world that we live in is not God's design. I know I'm shocked saying a few shocking things today. Do you know that this is not God's design? God did not design the ecosystem. You're like, what? God did not design the shark to eat the fish, who ate the minnow, that ate the green plankton stuff. That was not God's original design. I don't quite know what it looked like, but there were no predators in his original design. What we know is that they all ate grass, they ate the herbs. So I don't know if God's like, you know what, you need teeth now to the shark 
or if he just had sharp teeth. We don't know. But his design was not for you to labor and to strive and to fight. Because, you know, you are no different than an animal if you live in this system. The system in place, both the animal kingdom and the human kingdom, is they really have two instincts. We talk about this all the time as hunters again, is that they eat and they breed. And anything that gets in the way of those two things, they will kill for. That's exactly what society is without God. You take away their food, you're going to get some rage, aren't you? you? Take away their breeding, you're going to get some rage also. You guys can laugh at that. Or you're like, I don't know, should I laugh at that? Just the guys. There you go, all the smiles. There we go. The women don't smile. It's not funny to you. But we are not animals, are we? We are not of this world. I want you to say that out loud. I am not of this world. We are of another kingdom. You are an alien that's living as a temporary citizen. You cross the border legally. God puts you in this earth legally. It was a legal border crossing. Wow. And a lot of things get me in trouble today. It was a legal border, border crossing, but you are not from here. This is not our home. And so the Holy Spirit just checked me this morning and said, what if it gets worse? And you know what I began to meditate on? Began to meditate on his word. And I began to say, you know, we've said it our whole lives. Eventually, revelation has to crack open and start to unravel. One day, we kept saying one day, one day, one day. I, maybe we've been in it for, you know, for all we know, the book of Revelation is a 2,000-year span. Everybody thinks they're so smart with all their different charts. We don't fully know, but what we know is this. Things will get worse. They will get dark. Jesus will be crucified before he's risen again. Things will get darker before they get better. So what do we do as believers? This is the time where we become more secure in him and in his word than ever before. I make it a point to be prepared for the worst, but hope for the best, just as a human being. That's just my natural, that's just my way. I prepare, we plan, but then we still go on vacation. I know that things could turn in a moment. I hope that you have realized that at this time. I hope Christians, come on, this is not non-Christian. This is not like an extra meeting. We can talk about this on a Sunday morning that you have some food and supplies put aside. That's Sunday morning material too. That's not extra biblical. That's not secondary. I think, you know, who's ever heard the joke? God tries to save the guy. He's drowning. And he's like, no, I prayed. The boat comes along, throws out. No, I prayed. Helicopter comes along, drops down. I prayed. Then he dies and goes to heaven. The Lord says, why'd you do that? He's like, well, I was praying. You didn't save me. He said, I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. The Lord's been warning us and preparing us. We need to be prepared, okay? At the same time, I still go on vacation. Because I'm not going to be, like, stuck in weird... Um, the Bible says, occupy till he comes. 
So we have to find a balance, but let's be realistic here that at any moment, things can turn. And if you don't think they can because we're trusting in God, because this is a Christian nation, don't be deceived. We've been praying for this nation. Who's been praying for this nation? Right? And let's keep praying that things are going to turn. We're supposed to pray that things turn. But what do we do when they don't? Does that mean we doubt? Does that mean you thought your prayers were a waste of time? Absolutely not. You were called to pray. It's God's job to do the healing. When you put your hands on someone and you pray for them, do you heal them or does God? When it doesn't happen instantly, do you get filled instantly with doubt? The devil will try. But what do we do as mature Christians? We pray again. We say things like, well, sometimes Jesus did heal things instantly, but other times he said, go wash seven times. So as mature Christians, we don't, you know, we're not tempted instantly. As immature, we're like, well, that didn't work. We tithe once, it doesn't work, and we're like, that doesn't work, like it's a lottery ticket. <laughs> but as mature believers, we step back and we say, well, I'm going to keep believing you. I'm going to keep trusting in you. We need to pray for this nation until we die. We need to pray for our homes, pray for our family, pray for peace, pray for healing. But when it doesn't happen, it does not mean that God is not in control. That's the word of the Lord. God is in control. Things may turn in different directions. We don't understand. You're going to have to just step back and let God be God. Because for a moment, it may look dark. And now here's what I was encouraged by. Here's what I felt like the Lord encouraged me, and I want to encourage you. The book of Revelation tells me that this was going to happen, which means I can go to his word and I can be encouraged that God already knew that this would happen and the outcome at the end is that he is reigning forever and ever and we are there with him. Amen. I want you to look with me in your Bible to the book of Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, and I want you to look in verse 1. I'll tell you what, the devil did not want me to preach today. And God had a different plan, didn't he? I can't even get into the details, except I was in the back room laughing. I was just laughing because I was like, okay, God. Because God was like saying some things uh, different than the devil was saying. I'll tell you what, the devil tried to sow some doubt in, in my own heart. He comes in so subtly. I started before, and I went into this whole thing, that seeds take time to grow. It started, and it's very subtle. See, with an immature Christian or a non-Christian, he just says God's not real, right? And then there's a lot of people that the devil gets them with that. But then they get saved, and they go, okay, well, God's real. But then the way the devil gets them is he just doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about my present situation. I can't deny God's real. And so, you know, the devil will work in different levels of doubt, depending on your faith. And now you've seen God move, you trust God, and it's this little tiny thing you've been believing God for, or asking God for, and he's not doing. And so the devil will come like a slithering snake into that specific spot and poke it. God hasn't answered that prayer. And then you go, your mind, now you don't do this as believers in your spirit, but your mind recoils to 
the base, tell me you didn't think this for a microsecond, even if you kill it, even if you kill that serpent for a microsecond, you think God's not real. That's where that doubt goes back to. The snake goes back to its hole. Its origin is just get God out of the picture. And it's so subtle, because remember, he's more subtle than anything. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 3, it says, now the serpent was more cunning in the New King James. I love how the NLT says it, that he was shrewd, and you may know it as subtle, different translations. He's subtle, he's shrewd, he's sneaky. He sneaks in, and for a mature believer who believes their word, who knows God, he's not going to get you in big giant sins once you've fully given yourself to him. He's going to come in very small, tiny, what seems like insignificant areas. Maybe it's a little bit of anger that you don't want to give up. Maybe it's just a little bit of jealousy over this one thing or person. Maybe it's just a little bit that you allow yourself in your mind, a little compartmentalized area that you allow yourself to sin, but you don't allow the big stuff. And the Bible says that the serpent was more cunning than any. He was the shrewdest of the wild animals as the Lord had made. And one day he asked the woman, devil's asking us questions, is God really in control? You think God's in control in this hour? If God was in control, why would he allow this, this, and that to happen? Have you not been praying? Who has been praying since, I mean, we've been praying as believers, hopefully, since you got saved. Who prayed more in the last year and a half? Who could be tempted with doubt, saying, I prayed a lot more in this year and a half for a lot more miracles in the world. I know I've seen them personally, but I, I believe that my prayers should have produced more out there than they did. Because it's not like the church hasn't been praying. Things are just getting worse. Who feels that way? Let's just be on. We might as well be honest because God knows our hearts. Let's be honest. But I want to encourage you. I'm not going to leave you there. Let's be encouraged that that's the devil. The devil has come in sneakily, and I'll be honest. So I'm going to be just totally honest because I might as well. It was very simple. I had a pain in my shoulder. I've had this pain in my shoulder that goes from like the point of my shoulder to my wrist. This is my dominant hand. I work with drills, and this is my hand that I'm grabbing. Anything I do, you know, this is my right arm. And it's been painful. It's been uncomfortable. So sometimes you pray, but you, don't, you think, who's ever like prayed to God, but you, you say you've been praying, but you didn't really pray? Like when you really think about it, you prayed like three times for like two seconds. All right, we're all guilty of that. Then there's other areas where, like, I, I said to the Lord, I said, no, I've been praying about this every single day. What's going on in my shoulder? What's going on in my, in my arm? Every day. So I said, Lord, at, at this point, now I'm, I'm not going to get into doubt, but, like, yesterday I almost, I came to, like, this, this kind of, like, this pinnacle moment where I said, you, you have to come to this place as a mature believer where you say, Lord, I believe you because you're God. Because my natural sense is my arm's still hurting. In fact, 
last night it literally woke me up and like I couldn't get it to rest and so it was like keeping me awake and I was just uncomfortable but the devil came so quick and said why isn't God healing your arm God's not real now we're like yeah right like I'm gonna listen to that but when you're in pain your mind listens to a lot more than it should shouldn't it when we're in weakness when we're frustrated, put us into some pricker bushes, get us all flustered and frustrated, put us in traffic, we say things that aren't godly. Oh, wait a second. We're all like the rest of us. Are you telling me that if I can push you to a certain point, I can get you to be unchristian? That easily? Devil's like, that was easy. All I had to do was cause a traffic jam. All I had to do was have one person cut you off today and you're not a Christian? Whoa. I'm saying a lot of real things today. The Bible says he's a liar. Jesus said he is a liar. He is the prince of liars and he is a liar since the beginning. He's always been a liar. That's his nature. You have to understand something. If it's not God's word, it's a lie. Now, this is, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm going to finalize this sermon in these next minutes here into this. I want you to hear that again. If it's not God's word, it's a lie. It does not matter if you don't see it, don't hear it, don't feel it. And like never before, because the word's going to be challenged like you have never seen. Listen, churches started taking their crosses down to become cooler. Now they're putting up different symbols. You see the evolution? You see what's happening? The Bible is being edited. It's called the cut and paste Bible. And they're just reworking this whole thing. And you are going to become the outcast like never before. You're going to have to decide now. This is what I believe, and I believe it not because I feel it, not because, you know, I get some goosebumps during worship services. You're gonna, you know, that's going to have to become extra. You're going to have to not be able to depend on that anymore. It's going to have to be just who he is and what he said, and you believe it because he said it. And before I continue here in Genesis 3, who just read through Jeremiah as a church, right? We just read through the book as a church we just ended yesterday. Now, it's like 50, what, 51 chapters, something like that, right? Okay, of the same thing for 51 chapters. Now listen, before you laugh about that, before you laugh, we're judging the people, and we're like, come on, man, 51 chapters later. You guys got to get it by now. Come on, God's going to judge you. He's promised he's going to judge you. You don't get that by now. You're still relying on Egypt and going here and going there and resisting Babylon. Before we do that, we laughed. Uh-oh, I, I kind of caught you guys. I set you up. I set you up on purpose. Meanwhile, your mind, it becomes like white noise, and we breeze over the chapters because they're exactly the same. We're like, I've read this already five times. And your mind puts it in this like secondary, not-quite-pay-attention area where you're reading but you're not listening. Don't think it, doesn't, it didn't happen when you just went through it. Rick and I were talking about this. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I 
We judge them like, how did you guys not get it? Meanwhile, the Lord's like, listen, this is what's happening. And it's just like this. Elijah and I had an experience. And I hate when pastors bring up their kids. Sorry, bud. I hate when pastors do that, but it's a really good example. We had a couple of instances this week where I asked him to do something, and he did something a little bit different than I said. Now, to his, to his credit, I'm human too. I'm not God. And sometimes I think I said things I didn't. He reminded me of that. And that's the truth. So that humbled me, okay? At the same time, there were some other areas where I remembered because I went through detail. And I said, I want you to do this, this, and this. And this is why. So he took it upon himself to do something different because he thought what I wanted him to do, not what I said to do. Now, I said to him something funny, but it was a revelation from God. You know, everything you, God teaches us in every single moment. I don't think it's all by accident, not, not on purpose. Amen, right? I said to him, when I was a kid, my dad would say to me, go get the wrench in the garage. Who has ever experienced that? I mean, this is like a common, that was just that era too, but who can identify with that? And then you go, which wrench? And they go, in a loud voice, the one in the garage. (laughs) And I said to Elijah, in an effort to not be my dad, I took the time five minutes to specifically tell you in detail exactly what I wanted and how I wanted it so that it wouldn't be that. And then I was laughing this week because I said, it doesn't even matter. I might as well have said, go get the wrench in the garage because we don't listen to the details. And that's where the Lord caught me and hooked me. There's a saying we have in the world, the devil is in the details. I think that that's a very right saying should be said as christians the devil catches you in the details we need to listen to god and listen it's going to be challenged i have been saying it for years and i'm saying it now your faith will be challenged like never before you're going to be asked questions that sound so logical so reasonable of you to accept a certain idea in society. It will seem so reasonable for you to accept it in your intellect, and yet your word says no, and you're going to have to make the stand to, to look like a crazy person, to look like a weirdo, and take a stand that that's not what my word says. And that's exactly what happened here. He says to Eve, did God really say. Now, God did say, didn't he? We already know it. What did God say? Don't eat the fruit. He said you can have the entire earth. It's all yours. I know. Can you believe it? I said you can't blame them because we would have done it by now too. One of us would have. Put it on me. I'm Adam. I would have done it by now. I would have tried that fruit. (laughs) Put it on me. But I know, he's like, you can have everything. Oh, guess what? You can live forever. You don't even understand what that means. You will understand when you wish you could go back, you get to live forever. You can run miles and miles and miles and miles and miles, and you're never going to get tired. 
You can swim and you won't even need oxygen. You just do it. You can just live freely. You don't have to worry about the line. You don't have to worry about, you know, they're not going to bite you. You can just sit next to them and eat. And then, oh, and Adam, here's Eve. And you guys just make babies and live. And they go, oh, what about that one tree over there? I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your cross and for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, God, for grace. Don't say ever that God's not in control and that God doesn't love us. Don't ever let the devil get you there. Can you unbelieve? Can you see God's incredible grace that he looks down and has mercy on us? I mean, that's the least of it, that they ate of the fruit. What they begin to do after that when their eyes are open to this world is unbelievable. And yet God still loves us and has grace and mercy on us. But this is where the devil's going to get you in the details. Did God really say? And right then and there, you have to shut that voice up and say, God did say. God did say. I don't want to hear another word. The moment we begin to contemplate, well, you know, it's a different time. We're in a different season. Things have changed. And we begin to try to make sense of what is going on in society and in our culture and in this nation. And the moment we do that, the devil's already got you. You don't know it yet, but he's already got you. Seed, the hook's already there. Worm's on the hook. You just nibbled at it. You don't, you don't, you're not reeled into the boat yet, but you are on the hook. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Verse 2, she says, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. Verse 3, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now, here's the thing. Eve's entertaining Satan. Bad idea. Don't do it. The moment the devil tries to sow doubt, the moment he says he's not healing you, he's not answering you, you know, this nation, didn't you pray? Didn't you pray for this nation? Did you pray for this whole debacle that's going on politically, etc.? Haven't you been praying? The moment you even entertain him, he's already, you're in his world. We do not war against flesh and blood. We are spirit. We are spirit. And as soon as you enter his realm, which is logic, he's got you. You are never going to outwit and outsmart Satan, but you can outspirit him. The Holy Spirit and Satan, there is no match. And you know the way the Holy Spirit does it? Holy Spirit just rebukes Satan, and that's it. End of story. We're not going to have a conversation about this. We're not going to debate. What she does is she begins to debate. Well, you know, it's not all the trees. It's just that one. Verse 4. He actually tells her the truth here. <laughs> you know that Satan, when he lies to you, tells you the truth. Because if Satan said Jesus is dead, he wasn't, wouldn't have been lying, would he have? If Satan came to Peter and said, Peter, Jesus died, is he lying? 
No, but it's not the whole truth, is it? He's a part truth. That's why his system looks so much like God's. Even, you know, even their Bibles, they have Bibles that look like ours, not just, I'm not talking just the satanic Bible, but there's all kinds of Bibles now that look so similar to ours, just missing a few key ingredients, like Jesus being divine. What's the big deal about that? It's still God. You won't die, doesn't lie to her, because technically we are eternal. But he's lying because she's about to lose something that he didn't give her the disclosure. You know when you get things from Verizon? You know Verizon's the devil, right? Well, I can get in trouble for that too. But they are the worst company. I stick with them because it's the most reliable service, sorry. But they are the worst. And you know that thing that's like this long that you have to click okay to? You know, but you didn't read it. Because who feels like reading all those details? And are you not going to get it after you read it? It's like you owe us your soul. Click. Because I need Verizon. They told, he told her a truth, but didn't tell her the whole truth. And he said, you won't die. The serpent replied, verse 5. God knows that your eyes will be opened. And that's the truth, isn't it? The devil's offering this world forbidden fruit. Listen, you join with my system and my kingdom, and you don't have to worry. Being a Christian is irritating. It's annoying. So he's going to tell, listen, who has heard Christians say, it's easier when I don't pray? It's a lot easier when I just stop reading, stop trying to go to, just stop trying to go to church. It's a lot easier. It was such a struggle to get there. And then I just stopped, and man, it's so much easier. Come on, let's just be honest. Why, why are we dancing around with religion? Let's just be honest. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will become like God, which is the truth. It's exactly what they did. Knowing both good and evil. Verse 6. So the woman was convinced. It's so sad, and yet at the same time we cannot judge her because that's what Satan's still doing to this day to us. And she saw that the tree was beautiful. So now she enters her intellect and her senses and her feelings. She begins to use her emotions instead of the Spirit of God that he placed in her. You realize that they have the Holy Spirit, right? You guys realize it's pre-Christ, but they have the Holy Spirit. He breathed his Spirit. You realize that was his Spirit, not a different Spirit. He doesn't re God doesn't do a new Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Everybody, well, let's not get religious. You're thinking, well, that's after Christ. Yeah, it was before Christ, too. His spirit, that's what left them. You realize that was a separation. His spirit was separated from them. The Holy Spirit could be with them, influenced many of them, but not inside them. You guys get that, right? She, instead of listening to the law written on her heart, that's what the Holy Spirit does, began to listen to her emotions and her feelings and her senses, and when she did that, she says, it does look beautiful, and it does look delicious, and it would just be a lot easier to be a lukewarm Christian. Certainly make me a lot more popular if I was a lukewarm Christian. My Instagram feed would blow up if I stopped posting all those Christian stuff. Like, I do, like, part Christian stuff. I do, like, God's good, because no one cares about that. But I can't say, like, you know, your sin's going to send you to hell, because then I'll get banned. 
And she wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and ate it, and then she gave it to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too, verse 7. And at that moment, just like Satan promised, their eyes were open, and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Wow. The word is from the Lord today is, listen, we must not doubt what God has said. He has promised that he will redeem us. He has promised that he's with us. Who feels at times right now that just doesn't feel like you know that God's for you, but he's not quite with you in every single step? It's like maybe God's skipping and I'm like walking or something. You need to know that he has promised, I will never leave you, never forsake you. You're going to have to start reciting those verses to your mind. You speak them out of your mouth, which is out of your spirit, right? Your spirit comes from here. It comes out of my mouth, because I got the Holy Spirit in me, so when I'm speaking from his word, the Holy Spirit is speaking, and it goes into my ears and hits this mind, and then my senses start short-fusing and going, I'm confused, and then the Holy Spirit settles it, and I say, but the word says. But the word of God says. The word of God says, that that's water, and I shouldn't be able to walk on it, but Jesus said, come to me. And Peter had to push aside his senses, his feelings, his emotions, his God-given-for-the-fallen-state instincts, not original state, but like supplied to get through this life, push them aside and say, I will set my eyes on you, Jesus, and I'm going to walk on the impossible to you right now. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. I thank you for its truth. I thank you for its life. I thank you that there is peace, Lord, in knowing you, and there is hope in you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you do a mighty work in us this morning. I pray, God, from the head to the toes, that we, that we, Lord God, would become one with you, one with you, Holy Spirit, that your word within us, written on our hearts, Lord God, I pray, Lord, inscribe it on the stony hearts within us, God. Inscribe your word so that we would never, Lord, never be steered away. I pray that all doubt that has been sown in this season by the enemy, I pray in the name of Jesus that it's gone from us right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, in fact, that as it gets darker, Lord, that we will set our eyes heavenbound on the light even more. And the darker it gets, the more our eyes are going to have to look up. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that we are changed, Lord. Just change us in this moment, Lord. Do a supernatural change in us this morning, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.